I started counting up all the national champions. There were 12 guys that won 16 NCAA titles. There were 44 All-Americans. Knew these guys well enough on both sides, obviously, to know what their uh, credentials were. There were 11 guys from the state of Iowa that won 24 uh, Iowa State titles. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. It's your host, Ryan Warner, coming to you from Chicago IL. A new episode today, folks. It's with Jim Gibbons, NCAA champion and three-time All-American for Iowa State. He went on to coach Iowa State where the Cyclones won the 1987 NCAA team title, breaking Dan Gable, streak for 10 national titles. And Jim's on this podcast to talk about a recent documentary that's going to be going live. He's the executive producer for. It's called The Duel. It's about the epic duel between Iowa State in February of 1986. And I hope you enjoy it, folks. Listen to the documentary, watch the documentary, support it however you can. And please enjoy this episode with Jim Gibbons. A fan of the week goes to our friend, the Mr. Amazing, who recently left an Apple podcast review. Five-star review, I might add. Subject, the name says it all. Host Ryan Warner creates inspiring interviews with successful athletes, coaches, and broadcasters that will energize you. Thank you so much for the review, Mr. Amazing. We're over 1,000 on Apple Podcast. Thanks to everyone who's left one. If you haven't, Get those fingers moving, folks. Leave us a review. Subscribe to the show and tell your friends. Without further ado, folks, let's give it up for the great Jim Gibbons. Just a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back to this episode. We have a new sponsor today, folks, and it's the Wrestling Consultant. With over 20 years of college coaching experience, the Wrestling Consultant ran by Teague Moore, NCAA champ for Oklahoma State, recent podcast guest. Teague Moore is here to help you understand the college recruiting process. So if you're looking at D1, D2, D3, NAI, or JUCO, Teague has the knowledge to help narrow the options from coaches, academic fields of interest, or geographic location. With over 450 programs for men and 100 for women, the wrestling consultant is here to help you find the right program for your future. If you or your parent wants to speak to the Wrestling Consultant, go to wrestlingconsultant.com. Now back to this episode. Okay, Jim Gibbons, welcome to the podcast, my friend. 
yeah, thanks, Ryan. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy your content, and uh, um, I'm really excited to be a part of your uh, your show here today. Absolutely. Now, you know, as much as I'm excited about the season coming up and hearing you on Big Ten and all the good duels, we got some other big announcements coming. You're releasing you and your partners a documentary series called The Duel. It's going to be going live in select theaters across Iowa here and then uh, on all the major streaming apps in November. And this duel chronicles one of the most epic duel meets between Iowa and Iowa State of all time. Of course, back then they wrestled twice a year, so it was the second duel meet in 86. Yeah. Um, you were the youngest head coach in college wrestling at that time. Dan Gable was coming off of a, it would have been eight straight, going for his ninth, so... Um, let's just start though with, uh, I want to go back in time a little bit because I know, uh, the Gibbons name, but for some folks who are listening where, you know, maybe they didn't grow up wrestling and their kid just got into wrestling and they found this podcast. Tell me about the Gibbons family coming up in wrestling in Western Iowa. Cause it's, it's legendary. Well, uh, uh, we grew up in Ames, right? Where Iowa state university's at. And my uncles actually, uh, were, were wrestlers at Iowa state and they, they came from Northeast Iowa with Cresco, which is where our coach, longtime coach Harold Nichols is from. It's actually where Gary Kirtlemeyer is from as well, who uh, national champion coach who hired uh, Dan Gable away and, um, um, and where Gable's his assistant coach for a couple of years. So we were kind of, and, and my dad's from Waterloo, which is another hotbed for uh, uh, wrestling. And so we were small and when we were growing up in Ames and at that point in time, uh, in, in the sixties, that was a, that was a great time for wrestling at, at, at Iowa state. And 1965, I was like six years old, maybe five years old. We moved to Ames and then a year later we hosted the national wrestling tournament there. I remember being there in our 6,000 person auditorium and, uh, as a little kid. And, uh, uh, we just, we were just tied to the sport in a lot of ways. And we were blessed with the fact that we didn't mature very quickly. <laughs> we were, we were little guys. Uh, I think all of us, but my youngest brother wrestled at 98 pounds and, um, uh, you know, which was the lightest weight back then. And we kind of matured into it. Uh, uh, the weight class is hard to believe I was a 98 pounder looking at me today, but you know, <laughs> that's the way it was, but, but we grew up and I was the oldest of four boys. And, uh, um, you know, we had those, uh, uh genetics on my mom's side. My uncles were, a, a state champion wrestlers. And my dad was a, an attorney at the time and uh, worked his way through law school when we were all in, uh, we we're all little kids. And uh, we lived in married student housing and those little Quonset huts there that were Hawkeye Carver arena mm -hmm. is. And, uh, um, you know, I grew up being an Iowa fan. I remember uh, going down as a kindergartner holding the football and I, I got to do it because I wouldn't move my finger. And the rest of the kids would shag the balls, and then I, I would uh, catch the snap and and hold the hold the ball here for a kicker by the name of Donnie Anderson, and he used to give me tickets. and And uh, we moved to Ames when we, like I said, when the second I was in second grade, and um, just kind of hit the hot times of uh, of Iowa State wrestling. And uh, uh, we remember going to the Armory and watching uh, uh, Dan Gable and all of his teammates. I mean, it was a lot of winning going on right now. They captivated the community, captivated the state. Uh, the 65 team uh, won the national title. It was the first team to uh, uh, take that away from one of the Oklahoma schools that, that, that owned it for about 15 years, and uh, which was a tremendous rivalry. But then, you know, uh, uh, when Gable showed up and he was there, I mean, it, it was just dynamic. And we go into some of that history of, of uh, Dan's history at Iowa State in this in this uh, um, 
a docu-series that we're doing. But my, our background is we grew up in Ames. We, we all became state champions uh, uh, and did a Four lot of brother, work. state champs. That's, in, that's yeah, incredible. Yeah, 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 we had we have the still have the record, I think, for the most state titles as, as, as brothers. Uh, we have 10 uh, state titles. And um, uh, my uh, so I, I won three. My brother, Tim, won one as a sophomore. And he's have a hard time making weight and all that stuff. Just wasn't any fun for him. But he did stop kind of wrestling in his junior year. And uh, and then Joe won four and then Jeff won two. And uh, we had a record of 40 and one in the state uh, tournament. So it was, it was pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. And so if, if you're if you're a Cyclone fan in Ames uh, and obviously you mentioned you get there, you know, Dan Gable wrestles Owings in 1970 at Northwestern. So you're there yeah. for all of that. And that is just mania. Well, yeah, I wasn't that old then, obviously, but the uh, uh, my parents, my my dads and my uncles went to McGall Hall and watched it in Chicago at, at Northwestern. Uh, and so uh, I remember my my uncle Omer, all right, uh, who's a state champion as well uh, and wrestled for Iowa State. He took a color picture of the team photo, right, of, of that. I just I just recently found it and Omer passed away a few uh, years ago and and we were going through some of his stuff and he had a color photo of that championship team. And then, and, uh, in, in 1970, and you can see, you know, Dan being kind of consoled with by his teammates, but we have a color shot of the big, you know, wow. the red robes and all that stuff. And, 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 uh, so yeah, we, we were just immersed in the history of, uh, of, of, uh, you know, wrestling at time, that time. And we remember, I remember going up as little kids and watching Gable and Ben Peterson and his brother, John, uh, we went to camps there. Uh, uh, Dave Martin, who's uh, went on to coach at Oklahoma State, became the assistant athletic director at uh, o- Oklahoma State for years. Well, actually, was a con- conference commissioner for a short period of time. Uh, he uh, put the mats in. Tom Peckham, who was probably one of the most influential figures in Iowa wrestling history, when you really go back and look at it with that 65 championship team, made the Olympics in uh, 68. Uh, was a huge influence on was Dan Gable's hero, as he admittedly says that that and Bob Buzzard, yeah. right from Waterloo, and uh, uh, they though they, uh, Omer and uh, and Joe were teammates of Tom Peckham's in Presto. So mm-hmm. we are all intertwined into the sport here, and and uh, uh, just always had uh, dreams of uh, you know wrestling at at, uh, at at a big time school and and um, and win a national title when we were kids, you know. And so you said you were a three-time state champ. When it came to deciding colleges, did you have any doubt of Iowa, Iowa State, or what was that like? Well, I knew a lot of the guys on the Iowa State team, and I got recruited by Oklahoma State. I got by Tommy Chesbro. I got recruited by you know uh, then Bill Nelson, who was an Iowan. Uh, got recruited by Minnesota at the time, which wasn't the program that became uh, under under Jay. It, it, it was just uh, I knew the guys. I was I was. Uh, we'd go up there all the time and, and roll around and work out or watch practice on a Sunday. Uh, uh, bunch of great guys. They just won the national title in 1977. That was my senior year. Um, they called me up and it, it was interesting. I went, I, I stopped going up there for a while because it was my senior year. I just wasn't, I wasn't making it up there and I made it up there like a week before a state tournament. And coach Nichols comes up to me, Nick comes up to me and says, and it didn't really save a whole heck of a lot. He goes, I just want you to know, win or lose, uh, we're going to offer you a scholarship that we'd like to come to Iowa State. Well, I just said, okay, all right, I'm coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and so, uh, uh, you know, we lived 
like four blocks at the time away from the, the training facility at Byer Hall. And uh, then he called me up like right before, uh, the like two weeks before the signing date. And he says, would you like to come take a visit? No, <laughs> I won't <laughs> do that, right? Uh, there, there, there might've been a couple of high school get togethers at that time I didn't want to miss or whatever, but the, right. uh, 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 the, uh, uh, the time frame was, you know, and then he called up the night before signing date. He showed up in my house at eight o'clock. I, I had to have been the easiest guy ever to recruit to Iowa State. So, you know, right. That. My brother, though, my brother Joe, after he won four titles and I, I was I was a national champion that year, I told him, I says, you got to make this decision on your own. And, and uh, he actually looked at, at uh, University of Iowa really hard. I mean, Jay, Jay uh, recruited him uh, there. Brandy Lewis was over there. We, he had obviously had a good relationship with us and our family. And and uh, they worked really hard to get him, and 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 Gable just was in disbelief that he'd ever consider coming to Iowa. I, don't, I think he was kind of a little bit, uh, uh, oh, you're not going to Iowa, you're not going to Iowa. It's just like so it kind of made Joe mad because he was actually considering going there. He you wanted know, to be I, recruited I, I, a little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But he ended up coming to Iowa State. It was a great decision for him. So, and then my brother Jeff, he didn't really have much choice, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was coaching by then. I was a recruiting coordinator. If he didn't come, it was going to make me look pretty bad. Well, that's like the the buildup to this dual meet, and we're, we're going to get there, but it's like, we're you know, look at all the groundwork, right? You grew up uh, around the Iowa State program. You would go on to have a lot of success in high school. At college, you're at Iowa State. You become an NCAA champ, but knowing that this is really during the heyday of Gable, um, did you guys win many of those dual meets, or how did you guys do we against a team? Well, we won a, a really dynamic dual meet in 1981, right? Where Dave Bosenbaugh, the most unlikely of uh, heroes, uh, ends up uh, he's 350 pound man, and, and you know, <laughs> not not a not a uh, he wasn't known for uh, uh, he was kind of like a Gumby, you know. He would he was really flexible and all that stuff, really difficult to pin. And uh, Lou Bannock goes out there; they need a pin to win, and he goes out there and tuckers himself out, and somehow. Ozenbaugh gets on top of him and all that weight and all that stuff. And he pins him and we win the dual meet. So it's really probably one of the loudest times you ever heard Hilton Coliseum. So I was in that meet and that's when I wrestled Randy Lewis and he got hurt. And, uh, uh, the, um, uh, so that, that was a meet, but Iowa was, so you got, you got to remember this time frame. I, Iowa state won it in 77. Iowa state loses in, uh, by a half a point to Iowa in 1978. And that starts the streak. Okay. And, and, uh, uh, I was started to pull away as a program, uh, from, from the, the crowd. And then it's just like, it didn't make any difference what happened. Like in 19, I think it was 84, 85, where Tommy Chesbro had that great team. And, and, um, uh, oh they thought it was 84. Yeah. 84. And, um, uh, they had that great team and, and, uh, um, well, they destroyed uh, that, that, Iowa in the duel. So they, yeah, just... they beat Iowa in the duel. And, and Gables, and Jay, Jay was yeah, the coach. Jay, yeah. Jay, Gable was the Olympic coach. He turned it over to Jay and then he brought it all back. And, you know, it's like dad came home. So yeah. Say, and, 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 and they uh, routed it. And then they let go of Tommy that at that point in time. And, and he was coach of the year and beat Iowa. The, the only thing he did, he finished second in the country. And, and, um, you know, that's pressure. That's and, a uh, crazy thing. Cause then Joe C comes in and yeah, I mean like, that that is a very John Smith was a freshman, and in that dual meet, he was losing to Trezino with like ten seconds left, and he slide buys him. Like, it's like 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 
three seconds left, Ryan. It wasn't even, it, yeah, it was really? just like, and they hit that beautiful snap down and, and oh, Chuck and goes by. But that, uh, uh, that, that was the first big match that, uh, that, that John won in, in Gallagher Iba. And I think it was Gallagher back then. I don't think they had, but anyway, so long, yeah. long story short. So we were just immersed in all that. So we used to go to the big eight wrestling tournament back then. And it was Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, uh, Iowa state. And, uh, you know, I just saw a lot of things that really helped me during my career, but I, I personally, uh, did not get off to a fast start. I mean, I, I had a staph infection once, uh, uh, between my senior year and my, and I, I wasn't able to wrestle in junior nationals that year. I won Eastern nationals, but, but I kind of went off the radar, uh, and I came back and I was just a shell of myself. I'd lost, like, uh, I, I had a really bad staph infection in my hip and you see, some of these athletes, you know, guys like Mark mm -hmm. Schwab had kind of the same thing with his knee operation. They have, I don't know how it got there. I was up there training at Jeff Kerber's uh, house where Jeff Kerber was, uh, uh, and Jeff Ker uh, uh, Kerber's mom, Jenny, uh, brought me back to Ames. And I like had like 106 degree temperature and all that stuff. It was like close to life threatening. And, yeah. and I didn't really tell anybody about it. And then I came back and they looked at me. I was just like a shell of myself. Right. So in that point in time, you couldn't redshirt as a freshman. So I went out there and actually ended up making it down with the weight allowances down to 118, wrestled a couple matches there. And then I, I flew the coop. I, 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 how hard was off. that pull? Uh, it, it was impossible, but it's, I could, couldn't maintain it. But I started from a really kind of sick position. So I was just really, so I had a bad experience my first year, didn't get off to a flying start. Uh, my, you know, I watched guys like uh, Randy Lewis uh, finish second in the country to my teammate at 26. I probably should have been a 26, 34 pounder at that time. I shouldn't, you know, somebody should have pulled me off of that. But we had lost so many 18 pounders that that uh, uh, during that course that year. And, and obviously we were competing for national title. And, and even that even that year in 78, we had a lot of guys that got hurt leaving Iowa State. Yeah, that made a difference. And then the, the spread between Iowa, Iowa State back then was very small and they, and they won by a half point, which started their streak. But all those guys always made an impression on me about even after they won, even guys like Mike Land that won a national title said, you're never going to, you're just going to love being, if you guys win a team title, you guys are just going to love it. It's just the best feeling in the world. And I always kept that in my mind. Mm -hmm. And that's what drove me as a young coach. And, and uh, I wanted to have that experience that, that my, a lot of my mentors had being a team champion. And, and um, uh, so we were kind of driven and that became the drive of my, my coaching careers to win a team title and, and have that experience. And, and uh, um, they were right when it eventually happened. They were, they were Man. absolutely right. Yeah. 1987. So. And well, that's, that's such a crazy thing because, you know, again, for folks who maybe don't know, like that no team had ever won 10 in a row, right? Uh, UCLA, in any sport, yeah. any sport, UCLA, right. Yale golf, like back in the thirties, they had won uh, nine and Gable had won nine in 86. And then 87, uh, you guys win it, which I know is outside the, the scope of the documentary uh, a little bit, but tell yeah, me about, so you're a national champ at Iowa state. Is that your junior year or senior year? My junior year, I was a national champ. Yeah. Okay. And then your senior year, you grad, you all American again, graduate. And then did you coach right away or talk to us about that progression into coaching? Well, I never, I, I didn't envision myself as being a coach because, it, you know, we had a pretty solid coaching staff and, you know, you've done some work with Chris Campbell. Chris Campbell was a huge mentor of mine, right? Really? When, when he came into, to, to, when he came to Iowa State uh, in, in 80 and Willie Gadsden, uh, Ivan's dad, uh, 
you know, encouraged him to come over from Iowa. All right. Really moved up to like 98, 198 uh, uh, pounds for freestyle. And Chris came in and Chris just, you know, uh, he, he put us in a, uh, a, a, a training program that year. And, and our coach let relinquish control of everything of, of what the way they were doing it forever and, and, and turn it over to Chris. And, and we, we made huge strides in a short period of time. And, I remember during that time frame when Chris was coaching, he came up to me and he said at the, after the Midlands, I got beat and, and I was in the consolations and I did some good things. And I was doing what he asked me to do from the corner, you know, and uh, he came up to me afterwards and he said, Chris, oh, you know, Chris, he's got really soft voice. And he goes, you know, I think you can, I think you have what it takes to be a national champion. Right. You know, and that was my goal. And, and he's kind of like the first guy that kind of came up and said that to me. And after that, anything he told me, I was going to run through the wall for him, you know. Wow. And uh, uh, so his his uh, which 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 is a beautiful thing about this is and I found out this much later. He, he at the end of the year, we would do a lot of running and training and sprinting and all that. And I know, you know, he got a lot of that from Gable because he obviously was at Iowa and, and all that. But then uh then I'm reading Ben Peterson's book, and I, I can't recommend Ben Peterson's book a, enough, right, the way it touched me, because I knew all these people he was talking about. But there's a part in there in, in, in Ben's book where he's training up in Waterloo with Gable before mm -hmm. the 72 Olympics. Now, think about this for a second. Ben Peterson, his senior year, got like second place in the Class B uh, championships in Wisconsin. And five years later, he's an Olympic champion. Crazy. Right? crazy but again i watched as a little kid him uh, be destroyed not destroyed but he is russell gable and gable's running through these guys like you can't believe it you, know, you don't think that, that they're going to be all that successful well they had worked their way the, the volume of work that those men put in to win those medals was phenomenal all right so i watched all that hard work i watched so anyway, Ben is telling the story in his book about being up and training at Gable's place, which is right next to West Waterloo High School. And, you know, like football field is not far away. And, and uh, Ben tells the story about he can hear some loud screaming and yelling in the back of the, I don't know if it's screaming, yelling, but he heard loud voices in the backyard. And uh, it was, uh, um, it was Matt Gable. And uh, that's his dad, right? That's his dad, all right, telling, um, um, you know, because those guys would get up in the morning and they'd train and they'd go in the afternoon and go over to West Waterloo and go ahead and wrestle. Uh, you know, so they were they were drilling and wrestling about every day, okay? So uh, here's this argument in the backyard, and Mac would get up every day at 6 o'clock in the morning go to work, and these guys were still, you know, milling around. I'm sure they were doing something that was, you know, good for them. So anyway, they, 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 he, uh, he gets on. Gable and, and so during that loud talking, Ben's thinking, well, we're going to get kicked out of here. We're eating up from out of house and home. We turned their shower into a sauna and the drywall's hanging off of the, the, the you know, the, the tub and all that. This is we're just turning this place into a into a mess. And 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 so he said, Well, do we need to pack up and leave? And Gable says, No, no, it's just, he just wants to he just want to make sure that we're we're doing everything we possibly can. So Gable got up in the morning at the same time of, 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 as Mac and got the Peterson boys up and they go for a run and they would do sprints. Mm -hmm. Well, that was the genesis of what we were doing back 
from Chris Campbell. And I had had its roots all the way back to, wow. to, to Matt Gable. All right. And so I always felt that I was really blessed to be really connected to uh, uh, the, number one, the program, but, but the, uh, the tradition at Iowa state when it was, it was happening there. And, and, and we just had a lot, we tried to portray a lot of confidence to our guys that if you do the work here at this place, you're going to have a great chance to win a national title. And, and, um, and we, I was blessed with great teammates, had a lot of fun, had, had a lot of fun, you know, wrestling there, had no vision of, of being a coach at all, uh, because I just felt that we had that, you know, I was confident in the people that coached me and then, you know, things that happened and people left. And then pretty soon my, after I graduated my, my senior, I was helping or I was in the room helping. I took the fall semester off. I ended up graduating my, my last semester and, and I was going to tell Nick, thank you. Cause he helped, uh, help, uh, you know, pay for me getting, uh, uh, that last semester. And I said, uh, I want to thank you and all everything. And I'm, I'm going on, I was going to go actually to New Mexico and go to grad school there and coach with, uh, Bill Dotson at New Mexico. And he goes, uh, uh, I want you to come back next week. We want to, I want you to talk. I want you, I want to make you our recruiting coordinator. I go, really? I goes, you want me to, so you want me to, you know, want me to coach, right? Because I wanted to, if I was going to be there, I wanted to coach. I didn't want to necessarily be the office guy. Right. But I ended up being both and ended up taking over the training program. Chris left that next year. And heck, I went to Chris because I was alarmed because I had my younger brother in, in the program. I said to Joe, I said, well, who's going to take over the training program? And he goes, well, you're going to do it. I go, what? Right. I, I, I had no concept of, uh, of uh, that I was going to be an assistant coach. And the great thing about my, my, progression is that by being a recruiting coordinator i got in the rooms i got in the in the in the uh i proved that we could do that i could do that you know in that role and i think that helped me a lot when it came time to deciding whether uh they were going to hire a 25 year old guy to be the head coach you know so but, i had that really experience and you can't say enough of like how big of a figure harold nichols was in this time i mean he was like he was yeah. an innovator he had a business kind of like cliff keen was from michigan he was that for iowa state and you're stepping yeah. into his shoes right so you're the assistant cliff keen, cliff keen was my coach's coach really okay yeah. nick nick was a national champion in the late 40s for for cliff keen so he had that model that's of the what connection he, yeah yeah that's the connection this is all we're all kind of incestuous yeah. now so you're an assistant um and then how you know talk to us about like the first time that you got called in by the administration they said we're thinking about making you the head coach well that, that it was it, that's kind of what happened i got i got a call from an assistant athletic director and, and uh, uh and he said that the head athletic director would like you to apply for the job and i and i wasn't really i just didn't ever, i never really I thought that I was making an impression, but I never really thought that I would be the guy until the opportunity came up to interview for it. And I took it very seriously. I put a, a, a plan together and, um, you know, knew these people that, that were in the hiring process. And, and I'm running, I'm up at six o'clock in the morning doing the morning workouts. I, I, I'm reporting to my head coach at, at nine o'clock in the morning, at eight thirty, nine o'clock when he gets in the office, you know, 1030, I'm going to go grab some breakfast and I'm coming back and I do my recruiting stuff and then practice, which by that time I was helping, you know, I'm doing most of the practice running because he'd give everything that Chris Campbell was doing. I ended up doing. And wow. then, um, uh, then, then at night I'd go out and visit, uh, make visits or get to see other, um, 
you know, go go make go see some high school do meet somewhere. But I was burning it on both ends, and so that that you know, you don't get those jobs unless you're putting a heck of a lot of time. And I was single, young, and you know, and uh, I was really getting into it. I enjoyed the travel. I enjoyed the had the energy for it. And I wasn't training. I wasn't cutting weight. Right. So you're feeling <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good. So uh, no, I I had that um, um, just that 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 coaching experience and, and the other thing too i would go in there and i would talk to nick uh when you wrestled for him again six national titles i think what 11 times they finished second uh you know we had a period of time that we were in the top four like you know for 35 years or something like that or 30 you know, i think coach mm-hmm. for like 31 but we we uh uh i just i just enjoyed visiting with him on a one-on-one level and whether we were talking about business things or artwork, or he was really eclectic. He had, you know, he collected pottery. He, he, he just, it was just, it was just an interesting man. And, 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 and the one thing I always say about coach Nichols is that, is that, um, you know, and, and, and Dan says that, that, that kind of the same thing about it too. We were kind of blessed to be around him because there were just so many things that he just didn't sweat. He just didn't really, it was the experience of an older coach that, that really helped out and, you know, there's some things that, you know, maybe not every detail got, you know, but but he, the, the big things were really important about having steel sharpening steel with postgraduates around having, you know, good people have good, a lot of competition for, for weight classes there. But 30 people could walk into it and look at something and yeah, they'd be right. You know, they'd all come to an agreement, but Nick would always be the guy that saw something else and hmm. whether that be in people. And one of the things that I learned from him and I kept in my coaching, uh, I just noticed that and I just appreciated it because the way I was handled just never gave up on you and uh, yeah. you know, never, never gave up on, on you. It's not like you, you were not going to give somebody a spot, but you never felt like you were given up on and um, you know, you might ignore it, but he ignored the best guys. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just didn't, you know, Nate, Nate tells a story about coming in there uh, his, uh, uh, I think it's his freshman or sophomore year. Maybe it's his junior year. One, one of his upperclassmen years going against Kenny. Because I can't feel my my arm or whatever. He had some sort of numbness going on and, and you know, doesn't say anything, doesn't react to it at all. He's got these reading glasses on like this. All my old teammates will be able to go ahead and laugh at that. Got the reading glasses on. Looks over his glasses and he says, after about, what felt like, you know, 10 minutes for Nate, he says, you'll be all right. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Man. Have, Nate, have Nate tell you the story sometime. And you know what? He, uh, Nate, Nate put it to prayer and yeah. he was all right. <laughs> well, that, that story reminds me of like in the 80s, man, the Big 12, what's, you know, the Big 8. You had Kenny Monday, you had Nate uh, Carr, you had the Schultz brothers. It's like, man, those were yeah, some those tournaments. Were yeah, and uh, you know, I, I had teammates like you know Perry Hummel was my roommate. What one of my one of my best experiences and choices in life was to go ahead and decide to make Perry Hummel my roommate. Perry Hummel got second as his, uh, his, his freshman year. Wow! And um, um, as a redshirt freshman, and um, he ended up uh, um, he was a guy that worked hard. You know, and I decided to work with guys working hard and we both worked hard together and we made huge improvements. And, 
you know, back then, you, a lot of times you had to work out three day, times a, a, a day just to get, keep your weight down and all that stuff. You'd have a morning workout and with Chris, and then you'd have a, a, a afternoon workout. And then, then by about 8, 30, 9 o'clock, if you ate a pretty good meal, you wanted to get in and get another workout in. So you'd run a couple miles and, and uh, uh, you know, go do something to, you know, to, to, to dehydrate and all that stuff. Or yeah. go back and go stop by the uh, uh, Casey's or the Quick Trip afterwards and, and you know, gulp down two 32 ounce glasses of <laughs> whatever it was. And then you'd go to sleep at about 11 o'clock and six o'clock you'd do it all over again. So that, that, that was like, uh, you didn't do that all the time, but usually in the last couple of months of the season, but you mentioned the big eight back then, uh, you know, just you know, my, my teammates, you know, Kevin Darkus, world silver medalist. Uh, my brother, Joe was a teammate of mine, my freshman year, of course, he's four time all American national champion. I was a national champion. Guys like Randy Conrad and uh, from uh, the Chicago area, one of my best friends today, you know, uh, uh, teammate friends and all that. And, and Dave Brown. Just had and some Kevin Darkus was a guy who John Smith never got the better of. Darkus put it on John oh, Smith yeah. three times that freshman year. Like, yeah, not yeah even John, close. John, no, but, but John was, John was a young, he was, he was never, I mean, he, Kevin told me, wrestling John, he goes, you know, he's getting pretty tough. You know, I go, you're beating him by, you know, whatever it was and pretty decent scores. He goes, nah, he's getting, and he, 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 Kevin saw that, all that, all that coming. Kevin was yeah. a dummy, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, at our upper weights, we had guys like uh, Mike Manns, a four-time All-American and, and a couple-time runner-up and and uh, Pete Bush. And by the way, Pete Bush is, is, is uh, got, got, got a pretty big health scare going on right now. To, uh, my thoughts and prayers are with him and, uh, and his Dang, family. Dang, I know that. And, uh, yeah. 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 So it's uh, uh, had an accident and had a little bit of a neck damage just so he's trying to get the feeling back in his arms and legs so people know about that throw them throw them in your thoughts and prayers national champion great guy great coach so assumption anyway. high school yeah yeah right yeah yeah Pete, Pete, pete's one of the best guys there is and um um so uh lost my train of thought there but no he, we were just talking teammates. big yeah, eight and yeah, and, and, and there's one year in 1981 where Oklahoma had, with the drop dropping of Colorado, they brought in Derek Glenn. They had 10 returning All-Americans, and that wasn't enough to beat the Gable team. Yeah, man. Yeah. So this is like, this is like things are heating up, you know, and so you you become the head coach. Is 85-86 your first season as a head coach or your second? 85-86 is my first season. So really what we've tried to do here, Ryan, it, it is, is uh, we – went back and looked at this second duel between Iowa and Iowa State. And I'm going to tell you the genesis of how this happened. So I've got a longtime friend of mine, John Myers, who uh, uh, is, you know, he's been on the set of Always Sunny in Philadelphia for 14 years. He's, he's done some really major projects in Hollywood. Grew up in Eagle Grove, Iowa. Grew up watching public television like a lot of, even even guys in Illinois like you. Oh, yeah. See all those uh, uh, meets and all that. So. Uh, he grew up watching uh, that. He was on the 86, 87 team at Nebraska. And so after that, he went out and did uh, uh, how he broke in is he got, he did hair band uh, 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 music videos for, for, for hair bands. Mm -hmm. So uh, for MTV. And then what he's basically, his job has been a special effects supervisor for the last 25 years. We became really good friends. My, my uh, roommate, Kelly Ward, who was a national champion at Iowa state, uh, got a little bit older than me, kind of one of my mentors. Uh, he ended up uh, uh, 
be coaching John at Nebraska. So we got together at different wrestling functions or whatever, became really good friends. And then he was always the guy that I would bounce off all my, my uh, media stuff with wrestling. And anyway, we always talk about doing something creative together. And he calls me up and I'm, I'm on the roof of my house and just uh, building the new house in Johnston and as general contract. And so I'm on the roof of this house and he calls me up and it's right when COVID hit uh, Hollywood because Tom Hanks got COVID. And so they shut it all down. And so he's a guy that needs about four hours of sleep. And, and so he was down some rabbit hole the night before Iowa State Archives website pulls up this dual meet. And he, and he, and he said, well, what do you remember about this dual meet? And he says, this, this is one of the most traumatic meets I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, for me, it was a, we won the meet and, and it was a great thing. But the, what, the rest of the story was not quite that great of a story for us. I mean, we were ranked two in the country. We started the year that year thinking we were going to go over to Iowa City where the Nationals were at the, in March and we were going to win. We were going to snap Iowa Street. And when you have a rival, right, who's been getting the, the best of you, you know, for, for that long and you've been close at times and all that, so, which I've seen over my uh, my college career as an athlete and, and certainly as a coach. And, and you, you want to be the one that does that. Right. That, 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 that has to happen. You have to do it. Right. Nobody else can do it for you. You've got to, our, yeah. our mindset. And we, and we, and that year was so wonderful because those guys did everything that we ever asked them to do. I mean, I love that team because as a young coach, a lot of things can go wrong. Okay. Um, you know, uh, but those guys were, on the on the they did everything we asked them to do for the most part we ended up uh you know having a lot of momentum we were uh we only lost one meet coming into this meet and we have iowa they've won their eight in a row already if they haven't you know as we say in the, the docuseries they've assumed dominance which they did who would you bring in as assistants i brought in eddie bannock all right from uh from iowa all right and uh, kevin darkus and and my brother joe and jeff were still in the program uh, nice. jeff was a freshman and uh, Joe was returning NCAA champion. So we ended up, uh, uh, you know, just, and, and you know, if you spend any time around Eddie Bannock, he's a guy that uh, high belief, you know, and, you know, this pen, all right, you can, you can win nationals, right? I'm going to teach, <laughs> you know, it's just what I love about Eddie is that just that delusional confidence in guys that he puts his hands on, right? And it was just very powerful, right? And uh, we had, you know, had Ed in the program because that's the way he wrestled. I mean, Eddie envisioned beating Russians uh, uh, when he was in high school, right? Uh, so, long and the short of it is, I, I, that's why I, that's why I brought him into the program. It was a great uh, transition for him. But our guys, we we were telling them all along, we you put the training in and all that stuff, and we were pretty good before Ed got there. We were we were we had a lot of guys that that uh, uh, were capable of performing at at, at that level. I believed anyway. And um, so anyway, we, we, we ended up uh, being this, we ended up having this dual meet. So it was a bad memory from where we went down, but I then I went, looked at it and I go, I started counting up all the national champions. There were 12 guys that won 16 NCAA titles. There were 40, 29 NCAA finalist appearances that we're just pulling this off the top. There were 44 all Americans knew these guys well enough on both sides, obviously to know what they're, uh, credentials were there were 11 guys from the state of iowa that won 24 uh iowa state titles between okay. both teams you're saying these are the stats between both teams wow and so I, I i sat there and i go 
and I, and I knew how much work it might be. And I tried to, to bluff John and said, well, if we do this, we've got to talk to everybody. Everybody will talk to us. And he called my bluff. He goes, okay, we'll do it. All right. And that, that was it. All right. And then we went out and collected 47, uh, 4,000 minutes worth of interviews. We went to nine States, interviewed all these guys. We had a couple guys interviewed together. Dick Gable and I did it together. And then, um, we also had Joe and Kevin Dresser do it together. They wrestled as the year Kevin won his national title and Joe won it the year before the juxtaposition of the Iowa state guy. And now the new Iowa, the, the, the Iowa state coach. Right. So, yeah. So uh, folks, he was on the Iowa lineup that year. Yeah. He's yeah. in the Iowa lineup and one of their national champions that year. And then we had uh, uh, Bill Tate and Royce Alger. Now Bill Tate, a lot of people may not be aware of him, but probably one of the best wrestlers I've, I've coached that never became an All-American. He had probably the best month of, of, of wrestling I've ever coached. Beat Rob Cole 8-0. Beat Johnny Johnson 13-3. Pinned him in the uh, uh, Big 12s. And then um, uh, beats Royce Alger 10-2. Jeez, that's crazy. Man. That's crazy. Well, you watch this match, all right, episode three. Okay, first of all, Royce and Bill sit down together, all right, and it's comedic gold. Right. <laughs> I, I, I tell people, I says, what, what the, the, the world needs a lot more Bill and Rice. Right. Wow. So, <laughs> so is we, KJ not in this lineup or is he the next? No, year? he, he, when he came in, we, we, uh, uh, we, he got, that was his red shirt year. That was his red shirt year. Okay. Yeah, and then he was, he was, yeah. So Mike Van Arsdale's in it. Uh, okay. Waterloo. So, right. So, and, and, and Mike wow. and, and, uh, uh, you know, Van and, 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 uh, uh, Royce were, you know, they, they, they had a, a lot of rivalry matches over their years. Um, so it was, it was just, uh, uh, it just, we, we, we talked to as many guys as we've got nine of the guys that nine of the guys that lost in this thing, talked to us, including Matt Eglin. Right. And Matt was just fantastic. He's in every episode. And, wow. um, um, so we, we, you know, we're, we're really, um, so we've taken a piece of dusty old, Iowa public television footage and turned it into something that I think people that, that not only wrestling people, not only Iowans, but wrestling people in general, we've had several people screen it from outside the state. And I, I think they, those we've, what we've kind of created is that time capsule. Mm-hmm. You got to remember that, that at this point, 15 of the last 17 national champions have won, been won by these two schools. And even though it's, we call it the dual, all right. But but really, it's, a, a, you know, like a, a try meet is a three teams. Quad is four teams. Dual is two. Right. It's not a you know sword fighter, you know, mm-hmm. point a gun to somebody's head. Right. So it's not it's not it's the dual. It's a double entendre of both programs. And you see, you know, so there's success uh, in cultures and, and it's a, it's it's just a, the juxtaposition of the two, but also the commonality, too, between the two schools and then then the guys talking about each other 35 years later going and collecting these 4,000 minutes worth of interviews was just uh one of the highlights of anything I've ever done in wrestling wow reconnecting with these guys guys that I've coached but also guys I had relationships with like you know Brad Penrith and getting Matt Eglin to visit with us and uh um um, you know Jim Heffernan Dwayne Goldman of course Royce uh, you know, the, you know guys like that that you could have. Uh, we 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 get uh, Marty Kissler to, to visit with us in in, uh, in California. 
you know, Mark Sinlinger, Mark Sinlinger at, at Iowa, the heavyweight at that time, was just coming off a Rose Bowl performance, so about six weeks worth of training, if that. Uh, <laughs> and, but his career at Iowa, he was a, he was the two-time Big Ten lineman of the year, and he was also a, a two-time All-American, you know, and three-time state champion at, at, at Charles City, coached by Jim Miller, by the way, who's the obviously the legendary uh, uh, worker coach, right? National champion, multi-time national champion coach. So long and the short of it is, I think uh, uh, this is going to have a lot to, to offer to people uh, that have ever been part of a rivalry, mm-hmm. had a rival. And I don't know about you, Ryan, but you've been in the, we're in the sport. And now you've been away from it long enough. But there's, there's those key people that you had in your life that kind of drove you. And uh, for a lot of us uh, that were at this time frame, it was each, each other on the Iowa, uh, yeah. in the Iowa program. And, uh, and it ended up being, you know, with the uh, 86 and 87. And I think the other thing too, is that, that this morphs into a story where we go down after the last hand is raised, we go down, uh, uh, I call them 11 gravel roads where we tell story arcs of, of, uh, things that happened after the last match from, the van ride home that everybody talks about, the, the uh, um, um, you know, our team going like this, the Gable magic of pulling that team back up. You know, they had eight guys that showed up at national title. They created the spread, the light, largest spread between first and second, 72 points. Uh, uh, that, yeah, that, that's that, that's huge. And then the nine in a row, which I think is going to be something that, that Gable's going to be known for for quite some time. I'm glad you said that because to me, it's like the duel itself, unbelievable. But now looking back 35 years later, what happened? So 86 duel one, Iba wins. 86 duel two, you guys win. But then going to nationals, as he said, Gable rolls in with eight guys and still wins it by the widest margin ever. Crazy. At Iowa City. Yeah, at Iowa City. And if you take a look at the guys who who finished uh, fourth and fifth, I think it was uh, uh, Rico and Royce. And they're national champions the next year. And then in 87, duel number one, you guys win handedly. Duel number two, you almost win handily. And there's a crazy situation at that duel meet too. Correct? Yeah. 87, yeah. So, duel two? Yeah. So we, we uh, it just created a whole, it, it was a great time, I think, for the, the, the rivalry. And, uh, um, you know, the, 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 you know when, when you see Dan and those crazy pictures of him and Carver and all that stuff, He's wrestling my teams, right? So right, he, this right. hits on, you know. So I, I, the thing about this is that I, I was really blessed when when I got a coaching to come back and do this media thing because one of the first gigs I did were for public television, and Gable and I would, you know, we'd spend 20, 30 minutes and uh, talking about you know what's going on and all that stuff, and it was really uh, cool for me because it was uh, affirming of what I was doing at the time. You know, you always yeah. wonder what where am I, you know, so we we, we kind of let our guards down a little bit more and uh, you know, he had just got out of coaching and, and uh, so we spent a lot of time together and this, by this time, Cale Sanderson's coming through as a, as a, as a uh, uh, collegiate wrestler and, and all that. So it's uh, I remember spending about 45 minutes in the locker room with him before on, on Kale's last meet. And he sent me through, I go, coach, I'm looking at this Sanderson and I just don't see him getting beat. All right. I just, just said, I just don't see it happen. Right. But you know what? They had to be thinking the same thing. Everybody about you back in 70, 
what happened? Mm -hmm. And he he took me on a journey uh, of of talking about, you know, the the preparation for the Mike Grant match where he go down to Oklahoma, wrestling the national champion up above. And then he took me through all the kind of the little things that that he and his recollection happened moving up to that, including the uh, right before he was about ready to go out there and the 40 times he had to do something very simple like, you know, hi, I'm Dan Gable. Come watch me win my, you know, third national title and go undefeated. And uh, here on ABC's Wild World of Sports, and it took like 45 takes and he missed all of his warm up time. And oh, uh, gosh. Can uh, you imagine so, that. Well, yeah, yeah, it, it's like, you know, you look at it today. So, you know, Dan that night, that day, or I think it was a Sunday afternoon, he was seeing a lot of himself and Kale. Mm. And Kale, and I'm I'm right next to him. Right. And he and they wore the robes that day. And I would say that they rarely wore. Well, he came, Kale came out in a robe and uh, it was very powerful. Uh, and he Gable was Dan was just, a, a, you know, he, he was shaken to the core because he was reliving the whole. Wow. The same shows so right I, now. Wow. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was like. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, bet I was that, that was one day that I was really blessed because I got to hear from the man himself about just, just retaking the whole. So we, we, we've had that, that you know, a, a respectful relationship. And, I, I, you know, Dan doesn't have many rivals. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, so uh, but I, you know, I, but I was in a great situation to grow up. And, and there is it wasn't a kid in the state of Iowa that had been influenced by. Uh, uh, Dan Gable from the early seventies on, you know, or late sixties on. Yeah. And, and if you talk about the people who are around him today, he's still, um, yeah, there's nobody like him. No, I I don't care. Others could have, you know, there might be other, there's just nobody like him. Right. So we have Dan in this, like nobody's seen him before. I can't wait. And we're going to promote the heck out of it. And it's, it's such a cool project you did. And it's right. You know, people are getting so excited for wrestling right now. It's coming out right before the season. Let me, let me ask you this though, as we wind down here, because to me, what happens at the 87 NCAAs is pure magic. Iowa state wins it for the first time. And you can tell me how many years they break Iowa streak, you know, Gables, Gables from Iowa state. Oh yeah. It's 17 years. Cause they won 77. And then, Tell me about the moment Bill Kelly slaps that split on Penrith, gets the win. Then how would you contrast that to the feelings you felt after 86? Oh, well, <laughs> uh, well, 86, okay, there, there are two things that I recall mostly about that. Number one was the, uh, the some, something with, with what, I, what I felt personally as far as being head coach. And, you know, sometimes to, it, it, it's okay to admit you know, you don't want fear to capture you or paralyze you or whatever, but it's the first time where I kind of felt like, you know, it's really important what, you know, it, it's like, uh, you know, the Dodgers and the Braves and, and all those teams that got knocked off and had the great records and all that stuff. And, and, and two years removed from uh, uh, Tommy Chesbro getting fired for finished second in place. Like, so, <laughs> you know, we're a, we're a program that is just as much pride as a uh, uh, Oklahoma state uh, uh, at the, you know, at the time we were, were a very proud program as well. And uh, uh, I was there to win that national title. All right. And it's one of those times where I felt like, 
you know, we, we, we had two number two seats, uh, uh, not place Billy Kelly being one of them. Wow. And, uh, that, that's not, that's not good coaching. Okay. And I, that's not getting guys ready to, to, so there's a lot of things that, that I had to look at myself and what we were doing. And, uh, and, and, you know, when you have it, when you put a, a, a new staff together, everybody wants to, you know, it, it's almost like you got to fill them up. Right. But you can't be putting so much in the glass that if you put a, a Dixie cup up to a fire hose, right. You're not, you, you put it, you could put the, you, you wouldn't be able to control whether it got full or not. Right. There might be so much going in that a lot of it comes out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of way, the way I felt that we were kind of approaching this from a, a technique standpoint and coaching standpoint and, and, and all that, where we just really had to kind of get back to just like, what, what, what do you need to do to what, what can we do to help you win tight matches? All right. And I don't, I don't think we did that as well. I don't think our preparation is, was as good. And, and uh, we kind of let the pedal off of the, the foot off the pedal a little bit that year. It's a tremendous learning experience, but at the expense of a lot of guys that, that weren't going to have an opportunity to go ahead and do it again. You would, uh, did you win the big eights in 86? We didn't win the big eights in 86. We were Oklahoma. Wow. They had a great team. That's the team with Dan Shade who beat uh, Dwayne Goldman and, you know, that, like I said, the competition was you know fantastic. So we we're nineteen and one duels, finished second. So we're not going in with a lot of momentum, and we and, and end up going the other direction. I think we, you know, we had some guys that wrestled great terms, like in our still wrestled great terms. Mike John Roppus, we moved up from one ninety to heavyweight. Uh, he gets second in the country uh, as a two hundred twenty five pound uh, heavyweight takes out the, uh, the number one seed Tom Erickson wow. and uh, Oklahoma State. So. Uh, you know, I, I think we, we had some, it wasn't like we were terrible, but we finished fourth and would, but, you know, building that scenario where we're going over there in the two hour drive and we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to take them out. We weren't quite, maybe we weren't there yet, but you know what? I believe in kind of creating that delusional confidence. Yeah. And if you don't get it when you are ready, you will get it. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah, Tell if, me about. You know, what you were feeling then going into 87, knowing that the pressure had to be building a little bit for you. Not really. Right. Because here's why is because I, after the 80, after the, the 86 season Saturday night at the Canterbury Inn in Iowa city, uh, we got everybody who was eligible back into the hotel room. Right. And we had a meeting with 15, 18 guys in the hotel room. And I was just, you know, I just told them, I just how but I was, I think it's okay at that point in time to let people know that, that, that we screwed up. I'm, I feel bad. I want you to feel this the way we, I think we all feel that it's, it's okay to feel this, but we're going to be, you know, I didn't try to fire anybody up. I just tried to admit that this is a low point for us. And there were guys crying and, you know, I probably had tears in my eyes and all that stuff. And then and there, there, it was just, I just knew at that point in time, everybody in that room really cared deeply. Mm-hmm. And when you know that you can, you can deal with everything else that goes on. And then you can have that unconditional confidence of, of, of we're going to be there at the right time next year. And I didn't have to say a whole heck of a lot. So no, I wasn't really responding. I didn't really feel the pressure. I knew we were going to be better than four. Right. Yeah. Now, now think about this for a second, Ryan. How many times have you ever heard about a team that was ranked fourth in the country, right, going into nationals and winning it by 25 points? <laughs> Never. Yeah. I can't <laughs> that, think that, of one. 
No, it never happened. Okay. That so, was the so scene in 87. That was the scene in 87, but, but it doesn't happen unless there's the heartbreak of 86. It does not happen unless we're setting those, those high goals, right. To go ahead and perform at that moment. It doesn't happen if we're not reminding ourselves, it doesn't happen if you don't have great teammates that are picking, picking themselves up and picking their, their teammates up and, and I had a lot of that going on. I had a lot of leadership at that point in time. Uh, you know, we had a, a, a lot of seniors that had to kind of underperform, but we also had, you know, we, we had young guys coming up like Creator and Eric Volker and my brother Jeff, that right? All that were significant parts of that. But we had guys like Stuart Carter. I know you probably don't know much about him, but Stuart didn't wrestle in 86, didn't make the team. He wrestled behind Tim Krieger, my brother Joe, uh, so Russell Biden, two national champions. He gets into the lineup right before the, the, the second semester. And uh, he wins 17 matches in a row the back half of the year and uh, uh, wins a national title. No. Never been on, ne never, he was, a, he was a varsity guy his freshman year. But after that, he wrestled behind Joe and uh, Krieger. And, uh, uh, but, but he's, you know, one of the, one of the best success stories that, that, that we've ever had. And, and uh, that's like a Mark uh, Branch story almost. That's like, that's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not quite the March Branch story because he went in there. 17 streak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, but I love Mark Branch, right? Love, yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's yeah. just, that, that, that that's just incredible that, that that's all development. That's mindset. That's the culture you guys had him going in and you had him revved up. And, um, and well, I just don't, uh, Ryan, uh, not to interrupt you, but please. too much, but yeah, uh, it's not that we had them revved up, all right? They they just exuded confidence, and I remember, uh, you know, we hadn't won it yet. We we're, were getting to the point where we can clinch, and and uh, uh, on Friday night, my guys were telling, "Hey, we got we got six guys in the or five guys in the finals, and we've never we've never uh, uh, every gym that we've ever been in, we've never uh, lost more than uh, uh, we've always had five wins." You know, they're they, they were coming up with the little factoids to give themselves confidence. Wow. I go, yeah, you're right. Okay. So it's like, you know, he's just on a great ride. But again, this is about 86. Yep. This is me. This, this is me. You know, it's, it's not what you think it is because I'm involved with it from the standpoint. We're, we're telling the stories as the guys, we don't, we have a little bit of narration in the first episode, a little bit. Okay. But most of it is told by the guys who were involved. Our announcer Chuck Patton, who uh, uh, did uh, a great, you know, a great coaching career at UNI, uh, the College Division uh, National Champion coach, a couple times, and uh, a well-known figure in the state of Iowa. Uh, uh, we interview him out in Seattle. We we interview all the guys, and the way that this really kind of came about for us is that once we had these four thousand minutes of interviews, we decided then to tell the you know to, what the story was going to be. And uh, it was amazing how reverent they were towards each other and respectful, and it, it, as you'd expect, and uh, with a with a great rivalry. Yeah, with, with really talking with with mature men in their in their fifties, and so uh, that was the really cool thing about it. And there was no there was there was no disrespect. It was just uh, 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 showed this to Shane Sparks, and and, and uh, Shane had the great take. He he said, Jim. He says, this is one of the most romantic things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> okay. And I go, you know, in the truest sense of the word, it really is. It, 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 
it, it, it, it's like in, in the truest sense of that word, it, it really is. And I think uh, he's got a cameo appearance in this as well. But uh, but we 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 once we decided what the, the ending storylines would be, uh, and and we we drove towards that that point. Uh, uh, it morphs into being a story about Dan and the nine in a row. And that's not what people think about when they say, well, the duel, you guys won the duel. I, you know, I, I'm the executive producer. Well, what, what, well, executive producer basically is just getting everybody together. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. That, that, you know, and that, that requires a lot of trust and, you know, we don't want to, and our whole objective on this thing was to make it fun and cool. And uh, we think we've accomplished that. We can't wait for people to, to dig into it. We've, we've shown it to probably about 60 people and it's uh it's it's pretty it's it's never been one thing about it ryan it's it's never been done before mm-hmm. and the reason why it couldn't be done is because you don't have that footage from public television back in the day that was when we got a hold of it it was about ready to disintegrate and uh, uh we, we got it redone in, in uh in la and and um, um digitize it and all that stuff and we ended up uh bringing that so we get that footage along with it but it's uh it just tells you it's just a time capsule of the way it was back then. And like I said, I think it, 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 uh, it's told by the guys, you know, right. you can't really direct uh, that in any particular direction, but it's, a, it, it's about the two programs, about the cultures. It's about uh, the, the two programs and, and, uh, and what it was like to wrestle back in the eighties. Well, I can't wait for everyone to watch it. And so grateful you came on the podcast and, and told us a little bit about yeah. the story and gave us some of your background. Hit us real quick with the with the dates. You're doing some live showings in Iowa, and then it's going to be yeah. on all the streaming apps uh, November what? Well, we, we are, we're hoping for mid-November. We're in the QC quality control process there with, uh, with a company called Bitmax, and then they put it on um, Amazon. Uh, so each one of these, Amazon, Google Play, um, uh, YouTube TV, Apple Plus, so it's going to be on there. Uh, we're hoping to get that out in mid-November here at a cool. two ninety-nine an episode. Uh, I would tell you about that two ninety-nine episode. At some point in time, it'll be for nine ninety-nine for the whole six at, at some later date. We tried to time this around the the, 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 the Iowa, Iowa State duel coming up. You know, like I said before, I think it's going to be something that has a, a, an appeal beyond that. It's paid for. The, the dollars that we receive from that are going to go into our the dual foundation you can follow this on the dual you know just like my hat here dot org and um, uh, so we set up a foundation here that that's going to go on and a lot of these guys are still involved with helping kids wrestling and little kids clubs and there's a lot of promotional uh, things that that people are doing we'd like to be able to go ahead and help out that a little bit with our efforts we've had some uh, uh, donors uh, step up and, and add to our foundation. That's helping us with our screening efforts that you mentioned. We're doing five screenings. Uh, next week, we're doing one in um, uh, Waterloo at the museum where we had the, uh, episode three uh, with Bill and uh, Royce that is, is filmed up there. We're showing the, the uh, third episode there where Bill and Royce actually uh, uh, are in that one. Uh, the second one we're doing is in Waukee, Des Moines area which is at the movie theater called The Palms. We've got a 220-seat movie theater just about sold out. Uh, we're showing episode one there. Uh, episode uh, uh, in Sioux City, we're having a night with Dan Gable, sponsored by the museum. And uh, that's going to be uh, episode five, which was very Gable-centric. And um, uh, uh, episode uh, uh, in Iowa City on the 15th of November, we're going to do uh, one, and that's going to be obviously Gable-centric over in Iowa City with their crowd there. 
And then on the 17th, we're doing one at Jack Trice Stadium. Uh, um, go back to Iowa City. Kenseth Hospitality Properties is sponsoring us with that. They're giving us a venue to, and uh, you know, going to be a nice place. Most of these places are not, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be free of charge and the sponsors are picking it up. Uh, places like Fairway uh, Meat and Grocery, uh, you know, we've got some pretty big sponsors here, Reynolds Kramer with that. So uh, the last screening is going to be at the Sukup End Zone in Jack Trice Stadium at, at uh, the 17th of November. So nice. uh, that's going to be a 400, 500 person blowout. So for that, we've already got 250 people. So, I mean, we've got another month, and you know, to, to do that. So these things have filled up pretty quick. So, but we've got Gable Beer being our sponsor. Uh, we just what have we got? Show you what have we got? This oh, is it's our, awesome. Our, our dual poster, right? That we have um, people to show up at these uh, venues going to be able to get a chance to get some of that. But uh, like I said, it's uh, we're not we we've donated this and we're going to donate the the proceeds of, of uh, that. So, but it's truly uh, one of the coolest things I've ever been. A, you know, you know how one of those things where you. I, I just have those feelings about that same feelings I had when maybe I'm coaching Stuart Carter and go, Oh yeah. Yeah. He's getting tough, man. He's looking good. He's doing well with the guys. And, and, uh, I think it wouldn't surprise me if he wins it, you know, all of a sudden you watch him go out there and he wins. I got the same feeling about this thing. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah. well, like I said, I, yeah. I can't wait, uh, go to the duel.org for all your information and, and we'll continue to, to push out announcements about it. And it's just such an honor to have you on here and to, to have you, you know, contributing this back to wrestling, as you said, you know, anytime you have a big project coming out, it's exciting. It's a little nerve wracking. You're, you're like, yeah. you, it's just so you're so close to it, you know? And then when you finally let other people see it, it's such a big, big face. So uh, I'm so well, grateful had, that you did. Go you, ahead. You've had that. You've had that experience as well. You've done a really good job here. Some of the, you know, I loved uh, uh, the, the the Smiths uh, the thing that you that you Thank put you. out there you know, all the stuff and the stuff with Chris Campbell and and yeah. uh, I mean all the uh, uh, that that's important and you know let, let me say this is that we feel very strongly that that public television footage should be out there for people who want to tell great stories. We've had a battle to go ahead and you know, that's why this is you know, taking as long as it has to get out. Not because it wasn't done, but I will tell you this technically. It's, it's good. The guy who did the color evidences for color has won 22 Emmys, Stephen P. Arkell. Wow. The guy who did the sound for this, uh, Yessian Music, Yessian Sound, has done the uh, uh, has done Super Bowl commercials all over. These are connections to John's, John Myers's, and and uh, uh, you know they took this with the same spirit that we did. We got the friends and family rate uh, to, to nice. bring this out, but but you know this type of stuff has never been done. And, and, and 35 years later, but to be able to have the footage, to have these guys talk about it like it was yesterday and to talk about it with the eye of maturity uh, that it takes. And then, you know, our big thing is this, is if this helps people, you know, there's people that, that, that experience some pretty crushing defeats in this thing. And, uh, you know, to hear them talk about it, again, nine of the guys that, 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 that lost in this thing ended up uh, coming out and speaking to us. But if this helps one more guy staying officiating. If this mm -hmm. helps one more guy become an assistant coach or, or stay with it, it helps, you know, a dozen uh, young people stay with the sport and, you know, you know, recognize the value of being a part of a team and having uh, lifelong friends and teammates like that. And, and, and 
thinking about your rivalry in the correct way, uh, where it can be beneficial to you throughout your life, uh, we'll think that we've accomplished our goal. Love it. Love it. Great way to wind this down. Thank you so much for coming on, Jim. It's an honor, and I can't wait for the listeners here to watch the uh, watch the documentary. All right. Yeah, follow us at theduel.org. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was brought to you by The Wrestling Consultant, a business owned by Teague Moore to help parents and wrestlers find the right college for their future. Go to the wrestlingconsultant.com to learn more.